0: We are on with a Gophers postcast. We have to talk about what just happened with the Gophers versus Ohio State game and get ready for the final game of the week. We've got Ron Johnson, we're gonna have Adam Weber and I'm Kane Rob. let's jump in. You are
1: locked on Golden Gophers postcast. Part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, so this is the Locked On Golden Gophers postcast. We're jumping in live after the Gophers lose 37-3, to a tough one, but I am joined here by Gophers legend Adam Weber and Gophers legend Ron Johnson. We're going to dive into the nitty-gritty and talk about this game. The Gophers lose another two players' to injury in Darius Green and Zach Evans, but it was half-hearted the entire game. Ron, what are your immediate thoughts coming off of this loss?
2: Uh, I mean, honestly, it was it was not good. Uh, there's nothing I can really say to, to salvage this, those three points i don't care what kind of uh, uh uh what do they always say i forgot what they call it. moral victory they want to get out of this there is none. like there were a lot of plays i would say the coaches called that were well and the receivers didn't execute the quarterbacks didn't execute or the offensive line didn't execute and then there were some plays the coaches called and off and i'm speaking mainly offensively and you're just like man and then defensively i mean honestly like I, I feel like for the most part marvin harrison didn't even have to get used you know it's like having a a, a mercedes or a ferrari in the garage and you're like i'm gonna just take the i'm gonna just take the uh the 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 uh the, the ford explorer out or something you know like it's just like i'm gonna take yeah. old trusty out i'm gonna run some basic stuff i don't want to show michigan anything right now anyway and that's what it felt like like it felt like marvin harrison jr probably didn't even need to play this game and they still would have had the same result because he only had what three or four catches one touchdown which that one touchdown should have been negated if the gophers did what i said on the pregame show, which is double him the entire game and they for the most part stay in the cover 2 shell but then down in the red zone that's the tough part i would have treated him like Calvin Johnson on in the red zone goal line i'm du- i'm putting two guys on him like he's like i'm a gunner and like he's the gunner and i'm putting two guys on him and saying look beat me with somebody else besides this kid and uh it wouldn't have mattered anyway you take his touchdown away they still lose by 30 so i mean it's it's tough For sure. And I'm going to push it
0: right over to you, Adam. What are your immediate thoughts here? It felt like there was a lot of conservative play from the offense in a game that was two scores or less in that first half. What did you take away from the Gophers' effort in this one or the the way they decided to run it in the early on stages of this game?
1: Yeah, you know, when you're playing a team as talented as Ohio State, and given the season that the Gophers have had, um, you're hoping to see a little bit more Uh, uh, being aggressive, but then again, PJ and that staff, they traditionally have been, they're conservative, right? They're gonna kind of play their style of ball regardless of where they're playing. Um, It works if you're Michigan, it works if you're Ohio State, but if you don't have the dudes to back it up um, and you make mistakes, costly mistakes, uh, you just can't do it. You know, PJ wants to uh, an an ideal game, you know, you're you're 40 rushes, 55 rushes and you have the ball for 40 and 40 minutes. Uh, but when you play a game uh, against Ohio State at their place, you're going to have to do something special, some creative plays, find ways uh, to get them on their heels. And we just weren't able to do that. Uh, and I didn't see that really at all. Um, and it felt like almost like the the Michigan game where after they, after Ohio State went up the two scores, um, we kind of put it into the, let's just run, run the game out, run the clock out and let's get to the Wisconsin game. Both teams were ready to go into the next week. It seemed like after that, uh, once the score was kind of insurmountable,
2: Adam. I have a question for you though. So when you look at uh, this game as a quarterback, so I want you to put put yourself in a quarterback's mindset. Now I, I get it, Ethan Caligmanis, uh I guess freshman on the field, but he's been here uh, for two years now. When you look at Ethan Manis, and if I'm the quarterbacks coach, and you've been you've been a coach, you've you've seen mm-hmm. you know offenses in the NFL, college. If I were to come to you the week of the Ohio state game and up to the season, I'm kind of putting it together, but I got a bevy of plays. If I'm coming to you, your quarterback, I'm coordinator. And I say, Hey, we're going to try something different because we probably have no chance to win this game. But what I want you to do is I want you to go no huddle the entire game. You and I are going to work together to try to see what you see. And then if you see, man, here's the two or three routes or combos you can run. If you see Mm -hmm. zone, here's what you can do. If you count three in the box, here's what you can do. Is that something a quarterback could easily like, not easily, but you know, get to the line and be able to work with his coach and figure out during the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, when I was coaching and even when I was playing, you know, you find different ways. How can you create some type of momentum? How can you create an advantage? And sometimes that is changing up the tempo of the of, of what you're doing on offense. I always felt like I performed better in like a two minute situation or two minute style of offense. Um, where you're able to kind of um, uh, play fast um, and you, you get to a flow of it, but that can backfire too as well very easily. Yeah, again. again, when you're you know when you, yeah you go three and out and then you put your defense out there and you only only ate up forty seconds of the clock or whatever it is, so that can happen. But then again, you know what do you have to lose here? Um, you know I think Vegas had this game pretty dang close to what it <laughs> what it ended up showing uh, what the final score was. But yeah, um, I would love to see it I, again with Ethan what's disappointing and for the whole entire team, really, but if you want to focus on the quarterback is we got to see him a little bit last year and everyone mm. was very excited. Got to see some really, you know, stuff that we we didn't see out of Tanner or what we've seen in the previous years. And we're like, Hey, shoot, we got a kid here. Uh, this will be exciting. And it just hasn't happened this season. So it's almost like it's been a, deg- uh, you know, he's kind of fallen back a little bit, uh, from the progression that he had or he's showing late last year. So that's been disappointing. Um, you know, towards the end of the game, again, the game's out of hand, but I would love to see, he got a little, his mechanics get a little out of whack, um, and I don't think it was a problem early in the year because, you know, we beat Nebraska and he knew he was throwing the ball decent, but your mechanics really come back to bite you in those, in those critical situations and against good opponents and um, seeing him uh, not really going through progressions, it looked like, um, really feeling the pressure he took that last sack and he really didn't need to then again right. i don't know if he had any underneath a guy to drop it down to or anything but he kind of ran into that sack and that's the type of stuff that's like hey regardless who you're playing man you're going to be our dude for these next couple of years we got to start working on this you know like uh, you hate to say it, but it's like you got to learn from this stuff um and going into this last game where you still have a chance to get bowl eligible salvage this season beat arrival um would love to see a little bit more um in this game And hopefully we can see it next week against Wisconsin.
0: I want to stay on that note with both of you. So heading into this kind of season outlook of what has happened with Ethan Kallick, Mass's ups and downs, and there's been some positives, but there's also been some some negatives. How do you head into the next season? Do you go to the transfer portal to have someone to push in competition or have the guys kind of push each other to see who comes out the best? Or do you keep Fully investing or what is the approach that the gophers should be looking at as they head into an off
2: season as well well i'll say yeah you do you hit the portal you have to not so much to say this is your replacement but there yeah. should never be a chance on the field and this is the problem with college football in the transfer portal to be honest when I played, and Adam probably dealt with this too, there were always guys behind you that were either ready to play eventually, or could play right away, or were good enough to eventually play. And not to say they were better than you, but they were right there with you. Like You felt like you were competing a little bit. Now with the portal, when when guys actually show that type of ability and they feel like they should be playing, they just transfer out. And I think that's the only issue you're going to find with trying to find Somebody else to sit there because if you do bring a guy in and he does start to threaten Ethan, does Ethan stay? You know, and I think that's the tough thing about college football, is he does have a kid coming in, the uh the, the kid that committed, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the uh recruiting class, and he you know reassured everybody because everybody was like tweeting and talking about, it, like, oh, is he gonna leave now after PJ gets beat by Michigan? And he kind of Reaffirmed his commitment to Minnesota, and so maybe that is the kid to come in. Maybe he realized, Look, I, I'm gonna redshirt for a year, and then one more year, Ethan has to play, and then it should be my shot. So I'll be able to play as a redshirt sophomore. And that's what like Alabama does. That's what you know. You look at UCLA and, and Dante Moore, he was the number one player in the country out of Detroit Martin Luther King High School, goes to UCLA. Everybody's like, Oh, he's up and coming 6'5, 230 pound Cam Newton, and he's struggling. When you look at completion percentage in the nation. He is 103rd, and he was the best player in the nation coming out of high school. So it's not like an absolute recipe. Because if Dante Moore, because I know the kid, he went to my high school. If he comes to Minnesota, because I know at one point early when he was like a sophomore, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck went to Detroit. He went to the camp, saw him. So it could have happened. But what will we have gotten out of him? Not to say he's not great. He's not going to be great down the road. Because, he. I mean, he was a Gatorade All-American. He was the best player in the country. He's better than, uh, what's his name, Uh, Arch Manning. But he's struggling right now, UCLA as a freshman, but that's the problem. You put a young kid in front of the wolves, it's gonna be some, some struggles. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of that right now. I don't know. What do you think, Adam?
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. So I remember like when I was playing, I always felt like I want I, I always practiced like I was the number two guy. Like I always had to prove myself every single day. And I hope uh, every starter or every guy on the team feels like plays like that, and that gets you better as a team. But yeah, this this new day and age of the transport portal. Uh, is different. I would I would hate to be a coach these days, where you not only have to recruit high school kids, but you have to recruit the kids on your team still for that yeah. so that they don't lose. And how, how do you create competition without um, upsetting somebody or losing somebody that um, may want to go to a, a, a you know better opportunity? But I agree with you. I think it doesn't hurt to look. Now, my my question would be: If we do go, yeah, there's my, my son here watching the game with me. Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, was when you look at the system, if I'm a kid in the portal uh, or a high school kid, is this a system you want to go play with as a wide receiver or as a quarterback? Is this like if I'm a running back? Yeah, I would love to, right? Because you're going to get the ball. But um, you you always have to be looking for the, somebody that can come in. You as a, as a as fans or even as coaches, you're always wanting to find the best that's available. Um, I just don't know what's out there. Um, but Ethan has shown the signs. It's a matter of how can we best get his best performance consistently. Correct. And we just haven't had that. So I don't know if that's um, a confidence thing. Uh, if it's a coaching thing, um, I, I think it has to come down to a little bit of confidence, right? Because uh, that's everything as a quarterback. If you lose your confidence, you, you I don't care how good or talented you are. If you don't have confidence, uh, you're not going to be able to perform. So. I would love to be able to see uh, like eighth really take this season um, and watch the film, which is the hardest part. Right. And really be critical in yourself and then take this last opportunity to end the season on a high note, hopefully, and then go into this offseason and re-earn his spot uh, and take it to the next level.
0: I love those thoughts. I want to get a little bit more into some season talk. And then we're going to talk about the Wisconsin matchup coming up, which will have a bowl game on the line as well. We're going to talk about that coming up next, but first we have to talk about some friends of the show. First, I got to talk to you about Prize Picks. If you like daily fantasy sports made easy, then boy, do I have the thing for you because they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous amount of selections of players and stat types to choose from, which makes them the number one daily fantasy sports app. All you got to do is press simply over or under on players, yardage show totals, touchdowns, over points, rebounds, whatever sport you're looking at, and if you get it right, if you string them all together, you can win up to 25 times your money. Now, if you were on this go game, picking your stat lines. You probably would have want to press the under and you probably cashed in on today, but we'll have more coming up for the Wisconsin matchup. So go to prizepicks.com slash college. Again, that's pro, or promo code college, and you will get up to $100 matched in a deposit. You put in a hundred, you'll get a hundred back. That's $200 immediately in your account with promo code LockedOnCollege. Prizepicks.com slash Prize Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, so we are talking after this hard loss 37 to 3 against Ohio State, but we're giving more of a season long outlook, a little bit of things that we can hopefully take into next season or even into this next matchup against Wisconsin. And with, I want to ask both of you with the new schools coming to the Big Ten, seeing how this season has went in some of the games that we've dropped, like Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, which felt like this should have been wins. How do you review this season? What is Minnesota going to a- honestly have to ask itself? When it comes to this offseason.
2: Yeah, this offseason, uh, when you look at UCLA, USC, the teams are going to have to play next year. You even add Oregon and Washington, which are going to go to the Big Ten championship scenario situation. Uh, you take away the East and the West. So now we don't even know what the format. I hope they do a, a quad system. Um, When you think about like what the NFL became of the quads in within the four teams and so on and so forth. Like, I feel like the Big Ten at some point maybe needs to look into that one. You create more uh, inner squad rivalry. So you put Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa in one, and you throw one other team in there. I wouldn't mind that because then you can go play so-and-so, or, you know, I think you got to do what? Five teams got to be in there. You can go play (laughs) so-and-so. and that team now wins and then they go play the next team and then they'll you know you get a final four and then you get a final two and now the big 10 creates a football final four one selfishly from a money standpoint too it still gives the cofers a chance to make the big 10 championship if you just go back to the old school ways where just the top two teams are going to go to the championship and that's what michigan wants and ohio state because i feel like they they since it switched they know that it's only one or the other it can't be both anymore um And that's what we might get. And so if that goes back to that, it's going to become for a while, at least a Michigan-Ohio State Big Ten championship every year. And then Minnesota is going to have to try to stay out of the basement. And so I I think this offseason, the look needs to be of like, what are you going to be? Glenn Mason, if we were to put stars on his recruits, I don't even know what you would give some of us. But what you got out of us was NFL talent. You got dogs. You got guys willing to go put it on the line every play. And I think sometimes people look into these stars too much and who else has offered so-and-so and and who else, like Marion Barber, Lawrence Maroney, myself, Adam Weber, Karan Riley, Styles G. White. I mean, you can go down the list of guys and, you know, Eric Decker, Nate Triplett, uh, you know, Devondre Campbell. I know he came under kill. I mean, you you could – Antoine Winfield Jr. was under kill. You can go Tyrone Carter – I mean Willie Middlebrooks. Like you can throw names out there. And look at the talent that made it to the NFL. We didn't have the, the the accolades and the stars per se, but what we were were a good group of guys that can win you eight or nine games. And I think that's what Minnesota needs to focus on because you win eight or nine games, you might end up knocking off one or two giants you're not supposed to beat, and you put yourself in that in that conversation. But that's the formula Glenn Mason had. He ran the crap out the ball. You switch over to like Jed Fish, and I know Adam dealt with that they were a passing team like you just have to figure out who you are like what do you have who you are and what are you going to do with it when you had eric decker and ernie will right and you know you said, you know what we're going to pass the ball like we we got matt space like we we're passing the team. when i was there we passed the ball my senior year before that we ran the ball when i left they ran the ball because they had Lawrence maroney and mary Bar- you know it's like everybody you got to ride the ebbs and flows of what you have and i think sometimes people get stuck in like this is what i want to do um and I think that's what this offense needs to be looked at. What What do you want to be? Who what, What's your identity? Because um, roll the boat is great, but what is the identity of the offense? You know, what is the identity? We already kind of know the identity of the defense, but what is the identity? You know, like you look at the Vikings defense, the identity is we're going to blitz the crap out of you, and we don't care what the down and distance is. Okay. Brian Flores has stuck to that. That's why I heard on the broadcast uh, Ohio State says, oh, we're a three-safety team. Brian Flores was already doing that. But now Ohio State like actually says we live off our three safeties, and everybody's like, oh, man, that's a great philosophy. Brian Flores was already doing that. He was living off three safeties in Miami. He bought it to Minnesota. It works. And so what, what is the goal for – you know, like get, get an identity. What are you going to be? Like Ohio State this year was Marvin Harrison Jr. Like literally, that was their identity. That's okay to be a one-man team. But this offseason for the Gophers, with all these new guys coming, you got to find an identity of what your offense is going to be.
1: Yeah, and when- – to yeah, that, To ahead. that point, just say, sorry, just the, like, yeah, the, the Big Ten's only going to get harder, right? It's going to get more complicated mm-hmm. with these teams coming in. Travel's going to get harder. All this, all the things um, only get more difficult for us uh, as a Minnesota. And we, uh, this season where we could have positioned ourselves against a really tough schedule to, I mean, shoot, uh, a few games ago where we had actually had a chance, we could have backed into the West, right, and won it. Um, and we found a way to like, let that slip through our hands. And now in looking ahead it only gets harder and Ron, to your point when it comes to recruits and recruiting stars and all that stuff i think i, I read somewhere i've heard where you know that i
0: think we briefly lost him quick right there no, sorry sorry no, no. sorry, oh, your dog good.
1: um was um um like three three and a half stars three stars are like the average type of guy in the nfl so to your point uh development is huge and i think in pj's style or his culture it's hard to get the those those top recruits those five four-star guys we're just not going to get them so you need to develop right and then now with the transfer portal how do you develop guys and keep them here long enough to develop them that's the the battle there so um it's going to be a challenge uh the definition of insanity right is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different outcome if we want to do something different changes are going to have to be made we got to look at it differently what we see with the vikings do with koc it's dynamic offensive play calling and play design and on defense with Flores, you know, again, being very aggressive, they're putting themselves in positions to, to, to win games where I feel like we just, uh, this year, uh, this season, especially for gophers, we kind of just have been showing up and be like, this is what we are. And, uh, if it works great, you know, we'll again, hold the ball for 40 minutes and win by three points and that's fine. Right. But, um, I'd love to see us. Um, really take the pieces we have in place, uh, the players we have and, and maximize their abilities instead of forcing that, that square pig into a, a circle hole type deal.
0: Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. The last question I'm going to ask here before we turn our, our look towards Wisconsin and the rivalry matchup and whatnot, I do want to ask, is there any positive takeaways that you saw in this game that the Gophers can maybe hone in on moving forward into the final game season anything that stood out to you from this one against Ohio State? Yes
2: yeah, so from you Adam.
0: Uh, our
1: kicking game, we can get <laughs> <Yeah>. better. <laughs> uh a 54 yarder is pretty impressive, right? So um no. Yeah, I mean unfortunately not really, right? It was this is a very um deflating game. We knew it was going to be tough. All that stuff. Um, but shoot, you look at like the what was the spread against Bowling Green when Bowling Green uh, beat us uh, last year two years ago, right? I think it was like 30 some points. So, yeah. those type of upsets can happen. shoot. And we could, even if we didn't win this game to at least compete would have been uh, refreshing. Um, so challenging, but I do know we're playing a, a really um, defeated Wisconsin team. Uh, it's not the Wisconsin of old or at least not yet. Uh, so they're kind of in their, their transitional phase. So hopefully we can sneak a win, get bowl eligible get out of this season get those extra practices all that stuff uh, win a game at uh, at home get the you know keep the axe here all that stuff so mm-hmm. have everybody all the donors everybody happy that um you know we, we at least end the season on a high note um and and get to a somewhat of a i don't even know what bowl game would be probably you know a lower tier bowl game but either way it's really those extra practices that you're getting right and development so um that's i don't think there's much we can take away from this game um there was really low really no highlights you know again on offense I think they showed a stat on this on TV where we had six first downs and Ohio State had six on that one drive alone yeah so um I don't know if its as coaches you just say let's not even watch the tape let's just get move on to Wisconsin but it, you
2: yeah to Adam's point I was gonna say like I would I would say throw the not say throw the film away um I wouldn't throw the film away. But I, I would say, I don't know if there's much we need to watch. The one thing I would show, this is what I would show. And I wouldn't, I w- I don't know if I would show it because I'm, I'm, I am I'm, grew up in a different era. I grew up in the MFU, screw you, shut up, uh, just play football. But we, we're going to have a respectful conversation after. We're going to be boys on the bus. We're going to kick it in practice. But when it's time to get your ass chewed out, you're going to get your tail chewed out. And that's just how I grew up with my dad. That's how I grew up. Like, I mean, we were a different era of kid. Uh, We used to get, which is probably not great. I don't know if it is or not, but we used to get paddled in high school when we made mistakes. Like, and I mean, like bad mistakes, like stayed out past curfew. Uh, Somebody got drunk, Uh, you know, whatever, cursed out a teacher, got kicked out of class, like stuff that really needed correction before you ended up kicked out of school or kicked off the team. We were a different mindset. And so I look at players now, and when I when I think about what could be done, and, and maybe this is in private because you don't want to publicly, in front of the whole team, show them where they did wrong because praise, uh, praise in public, you know, kind of discipline in private. I would put together clips of mistakes every guy made that I think I need to sit down and have a conversation with and show them. Uh, Daniel Jackson running a slant route versus man coverage, double slant. If you have double slant, the inside guy is going to go now because he wants to clear it out space for you. There's no reason to dance and dance yeah. and dance. I hate that because Stefan Diggs can do it because he scares the crap out of DBs. Jamar Chase can do it and Justin Jefferson can do it because DBs are scared. Daniel Jackson, you're not scaring Ohio State's DBs, so there's no purpose of doing that. Uh, you watch Marvin Harrison run a slant. He's just boom, boom, boom. Old school. Like, why? Because of his dad. Like, his dad's like, dude, don't do all this. you six 6'4", bro. Like, attack him now, get inside. And you saw his touchdown. One step, bang, go now. It was a now route. When you think about Brevin Spanford dropping the pass, uh, the, the, the zone run and the offensive line getting spooked about a potential outside blitz, but you let the inside guy go, and he blew up the run game. Little stuff like that where it's like, look, it's a run play inside. F the guy outside. Screw the guy outside. Why are you worried about the guy outside? Deal with the front four. Let this guy still blitz. He's going to run by us. Let the quarterback, because it's a zone read, I can see him to my strong side. Let me handle him. And so little stuff like that, I think, you know, you have to be able to, like, hit home. Like, here was the right call, but you guys didn't execute. You dropped this pass. You ran the wrong route. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you got to chew into them a little bit so they understand. And I think that's the only thing you can take from this film.
0: For sure. We're going to move on to Wisconsin. That's what we're talking about coming up next. A quick word from our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company because they are amazing in the non alcoholic beer game. So, if you want great tasting, award winning non alcoholic beers that have beat out full strength beers in global competitions, then you need to head on over to athleticbrewing.com and give them a look. And if you like the varieties and the styles that be- the beers have in different varieties and brands, well, Athletic Brewing also has that with their non non-alco- alcoholic brews as well. They have 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. And the best part of all is no hangover. So head on over to athleticbrewing.com or check out their offerings at a store near you. But if you go online to athleticbrewing.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first online order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company and athleticbrewing.com and near beer and exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, let's wrap up this postcast. We have the Axe matchup coming up, the big rivalry for Minnesota and a bowl game on the line. So what are the biggest things that Minnesota has to do or clean up in preparation for this Wisconsin game? Both teams are struggling. Both teams could come out with a victory. So what's the big things Minnesota has to look inward for this week?
2: Well, the good thing is they're not gonna have to deal with a receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr. for the rest of their life. Um, the next one is like the big runs or the the explosive run plays by Ohio State. We don't know if Braylon Allen's gonna play. We'll see tonight if he even plays against Nebraska because I think what two hours before kickoff, it might have just be starting right now. So we'll we'll see if Braylon Allen. If Braylon Allen doesn't play against Nebraska, he probably doesn't play against Minnesota because he's getting ready for the NFL and he wants to be 100 healthy because he'll probably be first second you know late first round maybe second round pick um he's a you know nfl prototype if he does play you got to be able to shoot him out i remember playing against ron dane not me personally have to tackle him but watching him uh for a couple years and as a heisman candidate Sorry, Heisman winner. Let me be real with that. Um, I know our, our week preparation going into playing against Ron Dane was shoot his legs out. Multiple people have to hit him, you know, and, and rally tackle. You can't try to let be one on one in the hole. And that's what Wisconsin run. I mean, even if it's not Braylon Allen, they have running backs and their offensive line is big and strong. So going into this game. It, it, it's nine on seven drill every day of, of practice. Like you got to go nine on seven live. You got one week left. There's no reason. Like if you lose you you rest up anyway. So you should have some heavy week of, of nine on seven drill, get ready to tackle linebackers have to be ready. But the problem, and we've talked about this, the youthfulness of the linebackers, they have not like Maverick Baranowski and Cody Lindenberg, both not playing is tough. And so now you're actually these younger inexperienced DBs to, or sorry, linebackers have to come in and deal with a run game like that. And, that's why I would say I would I would I would drill the crap out of them out of that. Plus then also in 907, you still have the play action to the tight end cuz that's when or sorry, Wisconsin does. So that's kind of what I really hit on. I'm not scared of their receivers. Um I'm worried about their run game and that pop pass to their tight ends.
1: Yeah, and I think Ron you hit on it and, and like go, coming from this game. Uh, hit on it was um there are plenty of mistakes that we just made. It's not like Ohio State like out-manned us. Like there's definitely situations where that happened, but we made a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of linebacker run-throughs. You hit onto the Daniel Jackson against man, the slant dancing. Those are stuff you can teach up, right? And you can yeah. get better. So as cliche as it is going to this this final game, it's like, it's not about Wisconsin. It's about being the best that we can be with the players we have. And um, how does Rossi uh, protect those inexperienced linebackers? Um, you know, that's going to be a challenge, but it is what it is, right? That, that it's, you can wish and want all you want to have more experience better talent, but with the team we have, we, we're capable of beating Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. that's how we have to go into this week is as they do every single week uh, is this is a one game championship season. And that's how if they look at it, you know, right? Like move on from this Ohio State game, plenty of stuff to learn from, um, but let's just play our best football that we can at this time of year to give everybody uh, that, that sweet feeling of just winning against an, uh, a rivalry game, regardless of what the records are, um, it, would be, it would be great, right, if if we were playing, if the game mattered like it would for the Michigan-Ohio State game. But mm-hmm. for us and Wisconsin, this is that game for us, uh, for both fan bases to have that pride. So there will be plenty of stuff and coaches will talk about, but um, uh, plenty of stuff to clean up. I agree with you, Ron, too. It's like I'm sure they already do nine on seven a bunch in practice. But, yeah, maybe go live, you know, give, you know, <laughs> uh, anything is open going into this week because we need we need to win this game. This has to happen. If we don't win this game, oof, it's going to be a long offseason. Oh, yeah. People are already starting to um, uh, uh, call for PJ a little bit, right? Uh, the noise is starting to, to ramp up a little bit. The heat is picking up. If you lose this game against Wisconsin, uh, it's going to you'll start start hearing a lot of noise for what's next. So to avoid that, to nip that in the butt. Uh, you're going to have to play your best football give it with the players we have possible this next this next week
0: Absolutely. And I have a curious question for y'all because Ethan cooked versus Wisconsin last year, his best game of his young career, probably by far. So when you, as both of you have been players for the Gophers and you've had some absolute balling games, when you go and face a team like that, that you see again, that next season, do you have a little bit of extra chip on your shoulder, a little bit more confidence to you, knowing you had success last year, knowing it's a different, a different team, a different uh, strategy or different core personnel but you knew that you you did well last year does that bring a little extra emphasis
2: maybe an extra confidence for eighth and heading into the last week uh, for a receiver, me personally, no. Like, I if it, it was different DBs and, and schemes every year, depending on the team. Like, Ohio State, I killed them. The next year we came back, I had an okay game, but it was just a different group of DBs. Um, You know, Wisconsin and Iowa, I don't think you need anything to really treat this like a big game. Like, no matter what our record – when we played Wisconsin my senior year, we had no shot of going to a bowl game. We were four and I think six going – because we only played 11 games back then. We were like four and six, I think, going into that last game, and we beat Wisconsin and we didn't care that we weren't going to a bowl game we just knew we had to beat wisconsin um and so that's the mindset too like it shouldn't you shouldn't have to get up for a football game because you only get so many anyway in college that was my senior day my senior year had no shot at going to a bowl game but I still was like you know what we're gonna still go out here and put on the show and try to get this axe and that's what I hope like these seniors do because they're going into this game five and six they do have an opportunity to be qualified for a bowl game but it still shouldn't matter um but no for me personally year in and year out I don't think it matter what I did the year before I think you do kind of look at like the the season weaknesses of teams like if this team you know struggles at defending the pass or you know this DB has been terrible then you kind of can say hey man come after come you know let me get it but i don't know, adam can speak from a quarterback standpoint on defense
1: uh yeah no i i, I don't know if if, if the uh, prior year success carries into the, the the following year um i i look at it as as an entire team this is the last potentially last game hopefully they 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 can win and get an extra one but this is the last time to stamp your legacy of this season, right? You only have so many games to play as a gopher, and um, that's your legacy, right? And how do you want to be remembered? Beating Wisconsin is always something that's important. That's something I can say, you know, I, we never did when, for my four years that we were, uh, that I was there, and that eats That eats at you. The fact that they, they're now two, they're back-to-back wins, I think we saw where he was
0: going with on that one, but I want to wrap it up with this real quick. Last question, and we'll wrap up this postcast after a tough loss, but looking towards Wisconsin, does potentially beating both rivals – Give a little bit of an extra stamp to the season, knowing it wasn't as successful as you wanted, knowing, you know, the bowl game might not be as high level of bowl game as you'd want if you were to get the win, but just keeping both of those victories in the same season, which doesn't happen too often. Does that feel like a bit of success for the younger players as they continue to carry forward and for the seniors as a send off? What are the thoughts on potentially winning both rivalry games to close out the season? Yeah, Adam you know i would say you
1: know listen to pj right he said uh when he first took the job all the donors said as long as you beat iowa and wisconsin you'll be you'll be (laughs) safe so uh this is an important one but yeah there's no question that um this is um rivalry games are important home games are important love to see the fans show up hopefully it's not a sea of red um but even if it is let's shut them up you know um get a good win and yeah regardless of the bowl game it's those extra practices that are huge i mean that's so much development happens in those extra practices that you miss out on if you're not bowl eligible and it's just a, such a major step back in the progress of the pj fleck era uh, by not becoming bowl eligible here it's such a massive step back uh that'll be really it's so hard to to overcome so yes beating iowa beating wisconsin very very important it doesn't uh, fix everything, but it sure helps.
2: Yeah, for me, I'd say, like, I thought about this too today. I would rather be 10 and 2 and lose to Iowa, Wisconsin, than to be 5 and 6 heading into a chance to beat Wisconsin to have both trophies. I'm just like, we could say whatever we want. I think that's tongue in cheek uh, when donors say crap like that. They would definitely rather be 10 and 2 and not even sniff the axe or the pig every year because if you move forward the way the Big Ten is going to look, 10 and 2, I think. The way it's going to look, and I don't know. Maybe Ohio State and Michigan still might be undefeated, but you, you would have an opportunity. Well, probably not, because then you probably beat one of them, uh, would give you a chance to be in the Big Ten championship, or at least a better bowl, um, other than like beating Wisconsin, because Wisconsin and Iowa in the West, or, or the way it is now, if you're ten and two and you lose to those two, attrition and just cannibalism, they're going to take each other out uh, with the rest of the West. And so, yeah, ten and two, lose to those two, I'll take that over five and six and beating those two, and or six and six even and beating those two. That's just me.
0: No, I appreciate the perspective. And I know the Gophers fans will love to hear all of that, those insights from former legends as well. So that's going to do it for us on today's postcast. I want to thank both of you for joining the show and talking about this Gophers loss against Ohio state, but what we can look forward to and what we need to turn inwards for that Wisconsin matchup. That's going to do it for us on this Gophers pod- postcast. We will see you next week after the Wisconsin game until then row the boat, sky, Gophers, and be sure to follow over
2: at Locked on Minnesota sports.